You're listening to another episode of the Flux Pod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. This episode features Melanie McLean, who is uh, publishing AR for the Secretly Group, and she's going to explain uh, how AR works these days and how her uh, how her job works, basically. And we're also going to hear a bunch of songs that she's either directly involved with or she's just really into. So it's a good music discovery episode of the show. Uh, just a reminder that uh, this is a free episode, but there are other episodes of the show which are paywalled on uh, Patreon. So if you want to hear all the episodes, and I, I think you should, I think they're they're all good. Um, you want to hit patreon.com slash fluxblog. $5 a month will get you all of the episodes and more. And again, uh, is there, this is not a corporate thing. This is this one person doing it on his own. And I encourage you to tell your friends, tell other people that this exists, that you like it. And I would greatly appreciate it because that is the way for this to get out there into the world. Um, so yeah, let's listen in to this conversation with me and Melanie McLean. Uh, Melanie McLean, why don't you tell me who you are and what you do? Hi, I'm Melanie McLean. I am a A&R at Secretly Publishing um, as part of Secretly Group. And I work on the publishing side to sign and to develop artists as well as um, collecting mechanical royalties as well as help with the sync process. Okay, so... That's a lot of things I'm not sure lots of people will understand. So I think the, the thing that I have the most confusion about is so Secretly Group is basically a, a group of record labels, the main ones being Secretly Canadian, Jag Jaguar, and Dead Oceans. Perfect. And that's home to like a lot of like the most popular acts in, you know, indie or indie adjacent music over the past decade or so. So, you know, like Bon Iver and uh, Mitski, Sharon Van Etten, Japanese Breakfast and so on. Um, so what you're what, what you're doing is not necessarily for those labels is you're working with artists in kind of a different capacity. So uh, how does that work? So you, like it's it's publishing is different than the labels. Totally. Yeah, I, I feel like. Um, some people, they know the record labels, some people they know secretly. Um, so I always say a little bit of both. Um, so basically the artists that are on the record label, if they're not also with the publishing company, I don't touch them at all. I'm just a fan. I just show love like anyone else. So, um, there's a separate roster that we have in the publishing company and I'm bringing ours in as well as, um, working with that publishing roster in various ways. So, um, so for the company, uh, in, the, in the broader sense, what is the goal of having the publishing be a different thing altogether? Because a lot of the stuff that you're signing, uh, from what I can tell, like, is not the stuff that would necessarily be on those labels. Like, your taste seems to run a bit more R&B, a bit more hip-hop. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of for like a me and also what's secretly, it's kind of a case of, I think what is currently in the indie music space, what is considered indie music. Um, And I think as a company itself, secretly having artists like Unknown Mortar Orchestra or Moses Sumney or Jamila Woods, it's, it's not always cliche capital I indie rock, you know, guy with the guitar. Um, It's very a multifaceted and that's really what secretly stands for. And just for myself, I, feel like we're in a cool new renaissance um, of looking at rosters like 
transgressive and mom and pop and you know obviously our secretly labels and loma vista and seeing artists that you know maybe five years ago we wouldn't assume like a denzel curry would be on an indie label um or things like that so i think we're in a cool new renaissance and i'm trying to bring that energy um or continue that energy that we already have at secretly and then the publishing side i'm just bringing my own little sound that i kind of come with in my own taste but that already really fits like the secretly brand, but kind of just putting it in maybe a new direction that we haven't had yet. Yeah. Uh, and you also have uh, like these playlists uh, on Spotify that kind of give people an idea of like what your taste is and what you're looking for. And uh, I guess I mean, to broadly characterize it, it is kind of like in that space that you're just kind of describing where it's, it, it is like some of like, kind of the artiest sides of R&B and rap, but also the parts of things that would used to be called indie that are kind of start bleeding all together. So it really is kind of like this, like a nexus of a lot of things. No, yeah, I love that you checked out my playlist. That's so cool. And like, I, I kind of have this brand that I say is like, I believe in music that pushes music left of center, world-building artists from across the diaspora. So it's really, really kind of leading into that. Like, you know, I work with artists like Namdi and Kenneth Wallum and, Nam, uh, and, and Corbin Canvas and Heno and Daryl Ron. And, and it's kind of like they fit in different pockets of maybe Corbin Canvas is considered electronic music but it's kind of like that experimental that alternative perspective of electronic music or you know Kenneth Wallum is an alternative artist but also he has um, hold, um <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, yeah let's pause for a second yeah with people like Namdi and Ken Wallum and and um and Heno and Corbin Canvas and Daryl Ron and it's those artists that I think really kind of fit the new direction of indie labels um because they all have an alternative perspective um but it might not just be traditional alternative rock in the traditional sense or um things like that so how do you find things now? Um, are, are you mainly looking online? Are you going to just a million shows? Like how does the, the A&R work now? 
Yeah, I mean, the good thing is um, for the last maybe seven or so years, I've kind of always found a way to work in um, artist discovery from working in music journalism for publications like St. Haran to prior to working at Secretly two years. I was a playlist curator at the streaming service YouTube Music for hip hop to now me being a publishing A&R. So in many ways, my day to day um, has stayed the same. I just have like new tools. So, you know, before, you know, when I was at YouTube, I will work with e-commerce um, commerce and digital marketing teams at labels and digital companies, and they'll send me music and pitch me music. Um, now the equivalent is me having meetings with A&Rs and artist managers um, and just learning about people's network and learning about things that way and having a call and saying, oh, who's who's on your roster? Who have you brought, you brought in? And learning things about that way. But I'm still, you know, reading blogs, listening to independent radio shows, listening to playlists, talking to people, looking at party, you know, looking at concert flyers, looking at festival, you know, looking at who's opening for who at Noise Pop Festival, whatever it might be. Um, you know, talking to people in my network that might be curators um, at a streaming service, at a, you know, media company or whatever, just just trying to turn every rock, you know, replying to DMs, everything um, to find cool music. Yeah. So, so did you come out of uh, the blog world initially? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I, right. So St. Haran, like I was there maybe 2014, um, 2013, 14, maybe. Um, and before that, um, not like the major blogs. Um, I used to live in Nashville and I worked for a smaller publication called Dish Magazine. Uh, where I wrote about things that you probably would expect to see on a noisy or something like that, but it was for a small publication that I just had free reign. So I got my start of just reading a lot of blogs, you know, looking at the YouTube channels, um, like the the Majestic Casuals and things like that. I'm like definitely a product of that era, from like the two dope boys to the pitches and planes to the cool YouTube channels to the Tumblr repost and like the post dubstep Tumblr channel, all that type of stuff. Like I am that A&R that's the product of all those cool things. Is uh, that the case for other people that you work with right now? Oh, definitely. I mean, I definitely think when it comes to us, you know, looking back in that era, we can talk about, you remember that group from, you know, five years ago and like, you know, we weren't all at secret at the time, but you know, I, I can't think of an example right now, but you know, those random bands, you know, of or rapper or whatever it is, like we were all like into that tame type of stuff. So that's why I really like being um, at Secretly and I chose to come here just because like, you know, it's, it's always great. We can go back in time and, you know, you're all listening to the same things. Yeah. I mean, all the things that you were just describing, like that is a real skill set. And even though like I do a lot of those things, I think that like you're doing it at a much more intense level than I ever have. And uh, like years ago, probably like more than 10 years ago, I remember uh, being approached about like possibly taking on an A&R role. And I just remember like sitting down with the person like, who was hiring for that. And I think she very quickly realized, oh, you're not good. For, you're not right for this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, because like because I really was like coming at this even if I was doing a lot of like this like finding things and stuff I wasn't really necessarily looking for things that were unsigned all the time for one thing and that would be like the really key thing but um yeah it's just like I, I, I've it's it's not it, there's like overlapping skills but I think that you clearly have uh 
like a real like almost like a detective like drive to like find just dig through things and find things and that's uh really really super cool no Um, it's been really really fun just because it's like I'm grateful that my journey took me here and I'm an A&R now at 31 um, and not when I was, you know, 23, fresh out of college. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that it's happening now because it's, it's giving me the chance to, you know, use these different networks and, and, and find a way to really strategize with it versus these are cool things that I found. And like I was talking to one of my artists earlier today and I was telling him that a publisher that I spoke to yesterday I texted my artist, like the roster, and he sent me back some cool artists he wants to collaborate with. And then today, um, I found out that another artist that I'm trying to sign, his new manager also worked with one of those artists that that first artist wanted to collaborate with. And then I found out that an artist that I connected to on Clubhouse last week is working with one of my artists. So it's just like all these weird dots are connecting in ways that kind of scare me sometimes <laughs> it's a very 2020 type of thing a good 2020 type of thing that would not have been the case five years ago um maybe like one of the dots would connect but it, it wouldn't be like seven dots from different walks of life from just me talking on clubhouse to me having a meeting to like just the way that i know how to move as an extrovert now and the here and now yeah. Well, so I'm curious, like you could just say, like, putting these in the context of 2020, being extremely 2020, like how has the pandemic shifted things for like the way you guys all operate? Oh, it's it's really funny just because I started at secretly like, like August 1st or so of last year, maybe July 31st of last year. And, you know, the shutdown now is, is October now, um, we're recording this and the shutdown happened in March. So if you're doing the math, I'm not going to do it, but if you do the math, you can see that I probably spend more time in quarantine than I've felt you know, been sitting down at my desk at my office and secretly, secretly his office. So it's been really, really interesting because I've been learned how to be an A&R in quarantine more than just being a traditional A&R. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's uh, kind of making up some new rules, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of like the new rules are the only rules I know, honestly, like, like, you know, I signed Namdi before quarantine. Um, I signed Daryl, I believe, before quarantine. But like Corbin Camus, I met him before quarantine, but I signed the deal after quarantine started. Or like Hino, I didn't even know he existed before quarantine. And I connected with him, built a relationship with him, signed the deal. Same with Kenneth, so another artist that, you know, I learned about and, you know, became a, get, became a fan of, got to know him signed him, started putting him in sessions all during quarantine. So the things of like, oh, how often did you go to LA before? I'm like, I didn't have a roster of artists that I signed myself to go to LA with, you know? So all the sessions I've ever done have been during Zoom. You know, I haven't done a single in-person session I set up. It's all been during Zoom. So I'm definitely kind of like, if this is the new normal for who knows how long, I I really kind of sharpened that knife. (laughs) Um, so, okay. I, I, I imagine that you'll probably be pretty tight lipped about things that you're in pursuit of signing, but let's talk a little bit about some of the artists that you just have, some of the ones you've just mentioned. So like, uh, like tell me a bit about like Corbin canvas, like what, like what would be like, if you're, you know, pitching to an audience, like what's, uh, wh- like, what did you connect with there? Yeah. I mean, I think he calls himself like a rock, um, like a house music, like rock star. 
Um, and I, I'm excited to help him build that out. And he's a perfect example of like all those dots getting connected in ways that you could never imagine. Like, um, I'll give this secret away of how I found him. Um, I'm a big fan of Topaz Jones. I've been listening to him for a while. He's an artist from New York who's really amazing and has an amazing album coming out soon that I had the pleasure of hearing. And I'm one of those people that like, if I hear our album, it's great. And I know you're doing like have live instrumentation, things like that. Alex, like, who are you working with? Not because a publisher, just in general. And I saw he had a photo he posted himself in the studio and he had like a drummer and a bunch of other people in the room. And I just went ahead and followed on Instagram. Everyone tagged in that photo. Hmm. Um, the drummer in that photo happened to be Corbin Canvas. And it was just a case of like, this drummer must be talented because he's working with Topaz Jones in this album that's going to come out soon. It's great. And I followed him. And then I don't even know how long it was after that, but Corbin DM me saying, hey, I saw you followed me. You seem cool. Can I send you my project? And I don't think I even fully realized that he was a solo musician. I definitely hadn't hit his checked out his music yet. Checked it out. I think I was like traveling somewhere in the airport, played it, immediately liked it. And um, one of the many playlists that I have, I was like, oh my God, this perfectly kind of fits this playlist that I have. And I was en route, so it maybe didn't go much beyond that. But um, I have an internal team and I shared with my team and I was excited about it. And like our sync team was really excited about it too. And talking about sync, the biggest thing is when if you get your sync team happy, you're you're happy because that means they can pitch it for an Apple ad or Euphoria or whatever it might be, you know? So that's kind of like the connecting with Corbin's story. It was kind of like me reaching out without even trying to. Um, and then him reaching out in a very genuine way of saying, hey, check out this album I made. And then meeting each other and just like clicking like to the point that we'll be talking and he'll be like, how do you know about that artist from DC? I'm from DC. Um, so I guess that's kind of more of the story, but I feel like what he's really developing is just a multi-instrumentalist solo artist that's just trying to be like the new like house music rock star of like as a producer, as an artist, and just really kind of doing what she wished she would see with like a Kechanana meets like an Anderson Pop. Like he's trying to be that person. And I definitely think he can be. I also like just the, and that story, which besides like, hey people, you should 
aggressively tag your photos on Instagram. <laughs> um, but like what you're doing is like really um, like a real classic uh, fan homework thing where you're just kind of like, okay, this sounds good. Now it's just like, what is the, who are they working with? How does this connect to other things? And I mean, that's, that's, that's a time uh, tested method of finding good things because artists, you know, good artists tend to kind of click together. Definitely. And, and it's a case of like, it's not even thinking like, oh, I'm an A&R I'm looking for artists. It's just being curious and like following good quality music and realizing like this is a people business. This is people community building things and who's coming together to make these moments happen and like valuing that and saying, okay, they did this one thing. They can do something amazing in the future. Let me like, you know, kind of put that to the side and follow that person in the digital sense and, and keep a track, you know, and keep track of that. Because like a lot of my artists, like it, it sometimes has been cases like that, like, I connect with them, I follow them, and then later on they do something that catches my eye and I follow up with them. So it, it, I think Corbin's a really cool story. And like just his background, he was a session musician with a lot of big names like Yeba. He went to Berkeley. And me meeting him and being a fan of him because of like his solo music and not even realizing that, you know, he had that background. I just remember like, oh, this is a, this is something that was on my playlist. And then realizing he has this great background too, which is perfect for a publishing story. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned before was the syncing. Uh, and that's obviously like a big part of the industry now, a big part of publishing for sure. Um, do you feel like as you've kind of moved through this, your instincts for what would excite the sync team have kind of uh, uh, sharpened or like how, 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 what is your relationship with the syncing? I guess is the, the big question I'm asking. I would say that it's sharpened, but at the same time, I feel like it's one of those cases is kind of like, I'm trying to think of a great analogy. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like me being the me being that creative brain and then like, you know, the scene team's like the art teacher. You know, and it's like, you know, you're like this is cool and I was inspired by this and they're like, "Okay, you know, this is how it fits into practical sense or like how many co-writers does this song have? You know what I mean? <laughs> like things like that. Like, will this be easy to clear? And I love that relationship because like they'll think that ours is the coolest artist in the world, but based on the landscape of the TV shows and the films coming out or especially us in quarantine right now and the tone that you have to fit, they, they're really, really cognizant of that. Um, so it's, it's a fun balance of like me realizing it more, but then also just, me saying like, oh, this probably is not sync friendly, but I'm still going to send it to you. And may maybe that, you know, it's some cool new TV show that's going to be a good fit for. And I'm surprised sometimes, like, you know, that's why I just, you just always share good music and you never know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And you're not trying to game a system, it sounds like. No, oh, definitely not. I mean, I'm definitely not saying like, okay, let me send 15 things that will, you know, work for the new, what is it? iPhone 12, 13 that just came out today. Like, my 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 mind is not saying okay what's gonna do well for Apple at because I think it's like I think my taste is akin to music that you would hear on Insecure. My music is stuff that you will probably hear on Euphoria or Atlanta and things like that. I definitely know what spaces where that my favorite artists are getting populated. So I kind of have a goal, but at the same time, it's kind of like I'll never you know I can only guess what EC Ray is going to have on her show for the next season. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Insecure, because that seems like a real big one. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, hopefully, like, you know, I can play this back later and, and link to a Twitter and thread and be like, hey, I said that I'm going to do that, and now I've done it. So hopefully that's in the future for me. But um, 
I definitely think TV shows nowadays, we definitely think of a certain type of music when we hear that TV show. And I, and I, I'm grateful that I live in the era where there's a lot of TV shows created by talented black people who are showing like the diversity of sounds that like people can create it. And I'm really hoping that in the future, like my artists can be, you know, host on those TV shows or, you know, listen to the soundtracks of movies like Queen and Slim and, you know, hearing everything from like, you know, Megan the Stallion to Moses Sumney on one soundtrack. And it's kind of like, it's like those memes that you see. It's like, this is my taste. Goth, my taste is also like soft girl. My taste is also twerk girl. It's kind of like, I'm glad that there's TV shows and films that show all sides of my personality, you know? And I'm grateful that like, now I have a chance of working with that sync team that can pitch music for these TV shows and hopefully one day get my music on those shows and films or ads or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, tell me a bit about Namdi. Uh, and just, just for the benefit of the people listening, it's, uh, it's spelled, that's two N's, A-M-D-I, and the I is an umlaut. Thank you. Thank you. No, I think that's another great story of just kind of like just things coming to you. Like in that case of, you know, I started secretly last year and I timed it. Like I think my last day was like a Tuesday or something. And my first day was like a Wednesday. Um, you know, I didn't take a single day off because um, Secretly has this amazing summit that happens every um, fall or late summer. And during that, it's for the distribution company. And Namdi runs its own label called Super Records um, that we do distribution with. And so I got to meet his team. I got to meet Namdi. And at one point, they were like, Melanie, you got to come in. This artist Namdi has this amazing album. You got to check it out. And, I hadn't, and even though I'm from Chicago, he's from Chicago, I've never had heard of him. And I'll totally admit that because I think that tells like the power of his music and his story. And I heard Brat for the first time. I heard a Namdi song for the first time. And it was just like, you know, me saying I want to work with left to center music that's world building, especially amplifying black creatives. He defined that so well. And just like, I'm like, well, this, this is like, Tierra Whack, if Tierra Whack made indie rock and this is this and that, you know, just the synapses were firing. And it was a case of just me really, really believing in a project and not knowing about how many Spotify plays or what playlists or what press, just hearing the music and being blown away and figuring out how I can help. And over time, they're like, well, we're looking at publishing. I'm like, well, you already know I'm enthusiastic about you. And then we started having the publishing conversation. And now we're, you know, months later, his album's brats out and it's doing really, really well. And, and I just love, I'm grateful that like me coming into this new job, it kind of like did that softball throw and bringing so- Anandi's music into my life. I'm 
up, calling my head, can't barely start thinking of burning my blood. Why fuck your pushing up in the sun? Not my tempo, pick it up, piggyback. Oink. Open up, I listen everywhere, I breathe it and I hug it up. But I can't reach your eyes, they're like about to burn our eyes. All of just popped up like the whoa. I seem like I'm timid out. You don't got a sugar cook. Looking like a fentanyl. the first time, you know, like I heard Astro World and, you know, I just heard it straight through. Or the first time I heard Solange's last album, like, you know, the label came and I just heard it straight through. So it's really hard to think of it that way. But I mean, my personal favorites, I love Wasted. I love like Glass Casket. I love everyone. I love them. those songs are like back to back to back. Um, and, and they're just like elements of like, you know, it's okay that just you know, that was a song that he put out right before, like right towards the beginning of quarantine. Um, not even really as a single, just to release it because it spoke to like those words that we all really, really needed to hear. Um, so it, it was just like a musical ride that I feel like the best albums provide. Uh, so tell me about something else that you got really excited about in the recent past. It doesn't necessarily need to be like something that you've signed. I'll mention the things that I think I'd like to keep some, you know, cards in my chest, but I'll say some things that I think that like already have a publisher or every everyone is talking about, but like are still emerging. I'll do it that way. Yeah, or well, you could also just do one like the one that got away. Mm, nothing really gets away. Sometimes people come back. I don't think as of now, not many artists that I've talked to for publishing have signed publishing yet, which I think is a testament to that I feel like I'm still pretty early up. Um, but someone that who does have publishing that I'm amazed by, I love the new Duval Timothy album Help. Um, I it just I think it's just gorgeous. I mean, I remember the first time I heard like Slave with Twin Shadow or Fall Again with like Melanie Faye, who I'm obsessed with. Um, it, it's just just a musical ride. I think it's really really poignant. I think it's really speaks to like the black experience, especially from an artist who's not American. Um, it says how universal it is, and I think. Duval was really amazing at finding really, really great collaborators of like new emerging artists. I think Ricky Reed also did that recently well. Like just I love albums that showcase like the artist is an amazing curator. You know, um, I think Ricky Reed did that well. I think du- Duval did that well. I think some other people did that really, really well. Um I'm a massive fan of Arlo Parks. Um I, I think that she's someone that like I know every single song that she puts out, I'm going to be a fan. I don't even second guess it, you know, from like the song. I was, I was a little late to the party. Um, Eugene was the first song I heard, but I, I'm just like, she's someone that I legit have push notifications to on Twitter just because I love that, like, you know, the way that she's getting embraced by, you know, the music industry. 
also in the UK. Um, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but um, Pa Salu, P-A-S-A-L-I-E-U. Um, and he's kind of reminds me of like kind of a Stormzy. And he has like this amazing remix of his song Frontline with Yusef Days. Um, and and, and it's just like, I can go on, I can go on, I can go on. Um, I think Salt, I think everyone's been talking about Salt this year. I just blew a bunch of money for the best reason possible and just bought all the albums on vinyl on the last um, Bandcamp day. And I'm just, you know, waiting for that day that I can just add that to my little bookshelf um, and look cool sitting next to some of the best music that's came out in the last year and a half. And then beyond that, I'm just really, really passionate, which is what's happening globally. Like, um, I think one of the coolest musical moments happening right now is kind of like the global sound of drill and how it spans from obviously from Chicago where I'm from to the UK to Brooklyn, but also like, you know, like there's one for from Australia, like there's like a new group that I've heard coming out of Ghana, you know, that's doing it. Like it's, you know, I heard some cool stuff coming out of Toronto, like, you know, like this drill cell sound is really, really global. And like mentioning Ghana, I really love what's like in Ghana and Nigeria, this cool movement called like the Alte scene, which is like short for alternative. And it's like, sometimes it's hip hop, sometimes it's R&B, sometimes it's alternative proper, you know, capital A alternative, I like to say. Um, and it's artists like Santi and Adansi and Amare and Lady Donnelly. And they're just really, really cool artists who are just being themselves and like working with, you know, the cool emerging fashion brands and directors and artists that are based in the UK and the US. And I'm just really enthralled by the um, Alte scene. And especially right now, you know, now that it's mid-October and, you know, everyone is talking about the NSARS movement which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but basically SARS are a police um, department that's in Nigeria that basically are violating the rights of a lot of people, especially young people and harassing people, driving, walking on the street and even killing people. And it's, and seeing this, you know, really left of center music community also go onto the streets. And, and it's not just about their creativity, but they're also willing to be part of that youth culture movement when it comes to being activists too. I love that dynamic because it's not just for aesthetics. It's not just Instagram, but they're actually in the streets yeah. too. God, that, that's just an incredible story right there. I'm actually kind of surprised that it's not like a bigger thing yet. It will be. It will be. I mean, it's like, for example, like, you know, Tim's, um, who's the artist that's in part of that Alte scene. Like she just put out an album recently um, through the orchard and she has a song that came out earlier this year with um, Khalid and um, Odensi he had a song with um, the artist Ray out of the UK about a year or so ago. And um, Santi, who now goes by Cruel Santiago, um, he put out a song a couple months ago with Octavian and other and produced by Take a Day Drip as a single that they put out. So like, it's the first kind of moments of like those connections in the UK and the US is starting to form and it's going to snowball, but it's really cool to see like it initially was just very in their own world and seeing those producers and the new artists and the fashion designers and, you know, the graphic designers and the parties and the fashions and it all comes together. And now it's cool to see the whole world is really starting to take notice, slowly, slowly growing and connecting. See when I call, she text me. Me teeth, so be, she I see when I need to fetch To be yours, to be mine, we send a card to get me. In the morning, I try to be yours when I call directly. So, 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 so,
you can, I can hear the, this, the excitement in your voice about all of these things, but I'm curious, does it get kind of frustrating sometimes to be about a year, two years ahead of the rest of the world on a lot of these things? I mean, it's less frustrating now than before. I think it's, think it's like, I always make the joke when I was a playlist curator at YouTube Music, um, it was kind of out like an artist, like let's say Brockhampton. Like I saw Brockhampton maybe live. I saw like Kevin Abstract and Brockhampton live once or twice before they signed to RCA. So I always say it's like, you like the artist and you set the timer. Um, and in my last job, it was kind of like, if they their songs were ingested, someone can program that into playlists. And then you wait for the day that a label walks in and says, hey, you know, we're Columbia Records. Have you heard of Polo G? Have you heard of Little TJ? And then you say, well, check out the New York playlist. Check out the Chicago playlist. Check out the street rap playlist, you know? Um, so I feel like it's not frustrating the same way because this the timer. You're not, you're not setting the timer per se. The timer now is your advantage. So like now if I'm up on ours early, I can reach out and I'm like trying to, you know, shorten that time gap of, you know, that label or just show company of their choice or getting that press. Like, you know, I'll say, okay, there's a writer at this place, this place, this place that will love to probably write about something like you, you know, these are their names, you know, reach out to them or this is a PR company that, you know, gets stuff in those publications or works with similar artists. You to work with this PR company. So it's less frustrating because what I wanted from this job, which I'm getting is I'm closing that gap of time. You know what I mean? I'm helping build out their teams. I'm if I see other artists that are in that same creative community, I'm reaching out to their publisher or reaching out to the artist directly or their manager directly and trying to connect those dots. And it's something that I'm just getting more comfortable doing with more every every week, just connecting with more and more people until it's like my friends are saying, Have you heard of this person? I want to intro you to them and it's less me reaching out. Is coming more to me. Melanie, how should people, if, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to get some music in your hands, like what should they do? I mean, I'm active on social media. I'm on Twitter. You know, I'm on Instagram. Um, if you DM me, I just, the biggest thing I would say is just like, you know, I have a link tree. On my link tree, I say, you know, like legit says like, these are that I've signed. It literally says, what is Melanie bait? And Melanie Bay, and I have two playlists, a chill and a turn up playlist. And it's kind of like, do you, would you fit on here? You know, would you fit in like the kind of artists that I've signed already? And if you feel that way, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you to reach out to me. Um, but also my email is sendmelmusic um, at gmail.com. It's like kind of my main submission. I check it periodically, but like, I'm always listening. I'm always on social, but it's kind of like, I just, I will have to say like, I will believe in seeing eye to eye with my musicians. Like, if I'm working with someone, like we're helping each other. So I want to fully understand their world, want to learn more about it, but feel like we have an understanding. So like, there's a lot of people who are really, really talented that I would never reach out with because we're not seeing eye to eye. You know what I mean? It's like, they're part of a community that like, I just don't fully understand or I don't have my community built in there and I'm just going to be a fan. Or there's some artists that like, they're super talented, but like, it's just not for me. But I would say like, if you feel like you see the eye to eye with what I'm building What's on my playlist? I beg you to reach out because it's more than just me signing signing an artist. I just want to get to know that person. Yeah, and even if you have no interest in pursuing a career in music, or whatever, if you just are just listening as a regular listener, those are good playlists. You should they're just hot playlists. 
And uh, Melanie has really good taste and worth uh, just following what she's up to and what she's signing. Uh, but thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. And then and with that final note, was like, yeah, if you're in college, if you're an aspiring A&R, if you are an A&R, if you're a music writer, like I, I am always down to kind of for the call if someone sees eye to eye with me. Like I, a lot of times I say like creators are lovers of whatever this type of music left to center music. So I'm really, really grateful that I could speak to you. And I'm so grateful that she's like checked out my artists, listened to my playlist and gave me this opportunity. Of course. Thank you. And that was Melanie McLean. So glad to have her come by. Uh, just for you, just for you, I'm telling you the names of the songs that you heard through this episode. Uh, the first one you heard was Kenneth Wallum, the song called Beautiful Ending. Uh, then it was Corbin Canvas, uh, Jibe Turkey. Uh, then there was uh, Namdi with Wasted. Uh, then Arlo Parks with Eugene. Uh, then Cruel Santini and Octavian with End of the Wicked. And this last song is going to be uh, an artist that Melanie works with called Hino. And it's called IDCAS. And I'm going to play it in full because it is very brief. It is a minute and a half long. Thank you for listening. Come back soon. Closure. This ain't Drake with controller. Nah, man, this is all I rage to Corona. A basis of Yola. The nigga reach out like they train for yoga. They gain some exposure while I'm in the cup maintaining composure. About me being the blackest in the room to my passion. Benny's raps within the booth. Tell me back into my roots. Busy travel till I snooze with these packs at the move. You only take what is given. Now it's time to the game as an infant. But this in a way it was written. Play your position. Play your position. Play your position. Hey. And stay on my mentions. Bro. Bang, 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 bang.